Hey there, this is April Hutchins, also known as Anna Pest, and you're listening to The Progcast. Welcome back to another episode of The Procast. This is episode 102. And if you remember last week, uh, or actually on Monday, I talked to um, Ravaya from Need. And in my recommendations for the What's in Your Walkman section, I had this song from Feather called M-I-R-O-R-S, Mirrors. And actually... I didn't know what that acronym stands for, and Anthony, the guy behind Feather, uh, told me in the meantime, so I want to share it with you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called My Inferior Risk of Rain Song. So there you have it, now you know that. And um, But today, of course, we have also a guest, and you already heard it, it's April, uh, calling from Canada, I guess. <laughs> and uh, April is the probably the guest uh, representing the most extreme output or music uh, so far on the broadcast. And I, I'm assuming a lot of our broadcast listeners won't be familiar with your um, project, Anapest. So why don't you introduce yourself, what you've been up to musically the last years, where you come from musically, so to speak. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on, Dario. So uh, I, um, I guess I started playing music uh, with other people in around 2011. I started off in the uh, band Melavon. We were um, a local Montreal kind of industrial tinged melodic death metal outfit. Uh, we all had different stuff we were listening to um, and we're, we were interested in incorporating a lot of different sounds. So uh, a lot of our songs sounded quite different to one another. Um, and there was a bit of a blend of styles there. And it was really like an environment in which I was being exposed to all the different kinds of music my bandmates were listening to uh, on a regular basis. And uh, I guess in that context, uh, I was feeling super inspired and um, kind of reached a point where I was writing too much music for my other band members to keep up with. And some of the ideas were admittedly a, a bit beyond uh, any of us in terms of our playing skill level. Um, so eventually I, I branched off and decided to start up a little solo project, uh, which is Anapest. And uh, for the last couple of years, I've been basically slowly putting out uh, this massive collection of songs that I wrote during that time period of inspiration, uh, packaged into different little projects. And each project, um, I guess I, I was going, uh, each project had a different sort of sound uh, in the baseline. Uh, I'd say they all sound quite different from one another, um, but they were exactly just collections of stuff that I'd that I'd written prior and this new record is kind of the first thing I've put out on my own that's that's just fresh ideas uh, so I'm quite excited about that 
Okay, just having a look at your Spotify profile here, uh, artist profile, obviously. Um, it's kind of starting in 2016 with Transmission, right? Yeah, that's right. And and then there's a couple of singles and EPs. Um, yeah, up to, to 2019's The Ocean Calls Me Home. So yeah. those those were all all those ideas that you kind of packaged into um, into coherent um, little releases that would have have a, a kind of similar overall sound. That's right. exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And uh, then after the ocean calls me home, did you like did you start immediately working on the new album that is out since January first, and we didn't even mention it yet. <laughs> <laughs> right it is called dark arms reach skyward with bone white fingers yeah oh, I... that's the one <laughs> um funny enough i i actually started writing the material for that record as far back as 2017 um but i still had stuff on the back burner at the time that i'd wanted to get out sooner uh plus i, I guess it kind of take took me a a while to finish the last of the songs i want to say the last piece that I finished writing on the record, I actually, I, I wrote in 2020. Um, so it, it took a while to, to shape together. Um, and I was working on other stuff in the meantime. Um, so yeah, musically, uh, you already said you covered a lot of ground with, with all these prior releases. And I think if, if you just like, I think uh, the only other release that it's is labeled as an album would be forlorn also forlorn also from 2016 and <laughs> looking at the cover and the and the um song names it 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 has a quite distinct black metal feel about it <laughs> am i right definitely definitely <laughs> yeah um, uh, so which which other um yeah kind of which genres did you did you touch and did you incorporate in your in your writing style right right so for my first release transmission uh those songs were very much at the time that i had written them uh intended to be melavon songs songs from my old band so the, i'd say they all have that kind of industrial tinged kind of catchy kind of poppy melodic death metal feel um for Forlorn, that those were all very much black metal songs. You you called that out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, for my EPs, A Fortress of Flesh, uh, that was a collection of more kind of death core, brutal death metal oriented pieces that I'd written. Uh, Something as a foot, I would describe as kind of a mix of death core and trance core. I was very much feeling the. Uh, you know, the kind of trashy 2006 to 2011 uh, post-hardcore, metalcore, transcore kind of stuff. I was really into that for a while as kind of a kind of a guilty pleasure. <laughs> and that was kind of my way of uh, exploring that sound. And um, 2019's The Ocean Calls Me Home, those were, those were actually also songs that I'd intended for Malavon. Um, but I, I sort of spruced them up and uh, worked in a bit of my my later style I'd been evolving uh, just to kind of bring them up to date because some of those songs, the uh, initial ideas for them at the time were like almost eight or nine years old. So, <laughs> All right. And, and for all these releases, you've been ev doing everything yourself? Um... Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I do the vocals uh, unless otherwise noted. I occasionally have friends 
and um, you know feature spots do uh, do like backing vocals or clean vocals, which have never been my my strongest suit, admittedly. Uh, I do all the guitars, I and I program all the drums, bass, and keyboards, and handle all the production. All right, we, we, we I th guess yeah we we we're gonna uh, talk about some features um, regarding the new album, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, yeah, I think there's a bigger concept about this album. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess kind of the initial moment that spurned the um, the songwriting process uh, for this record into being was in 2017, I watched for the first time the series, the anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, which has gone on to become probably my favorite show that I've ever seen. It's quite a curious little piece of media. On the surface, it's like this, you know, giant robots battling alien monsters type deal. Um, but what I really appreciate about it is that um, the way it, the way it kind of deals with the trauma of war and of loss and of death. Um, it's kind of the first, I understand there's, there's definitely a rich history of, of this sort of trope in, um, in anime, but this was my first time being acquainted with it so intimately. Um, there's this idea of, of showing your characters who are doing these incredible feats of valor and bravery and fighting monsters and stuff that there's this, um, the show actually shows them falling apart mentally throughout the process and gets into, you know, uh, the fact that that what they're doing is extremely hard and should never be asked of a single person. Um, and a lot of them are kids, you know, they're, um, these robots are being piloted by like 14 year old kids who already have shit that they're dealing with in their personal lives. Um, and something about that really spoke to me, I guess at the time I kind of felt like a kid myself still. I had, I had just uh, moved out of my parents' house, moved into my first apartment, gotten my first real office job and uh, was kind of just feeling disillusioned with how, how empty the whole affair kind of felt. Um, and in that context, the show really spoke to me. So um, after I, I, I finished watching it, the visuals, the characters, the dialogue was all kind of spinning around in my head. And I had just tons of lyrics, lyrical ideas. And I, I want to say I wrote the lyrics for almost the entire record in the span of about two months uh, and just spent the rest of that time building these musical arrangements to accompany the lyrics. Um, and that was that was kind of how the music came into form. We we want to talk about the music, uh, of course, uh, but I just want to say that uh, I'm not really familiar with anime at all. But mm -hmm. of course, um, Neon Genesis Evangelion is a title that is what well, I would say, coming from an outside perspective, never having watched anything really anime, I think. Um, that's that's something that is known beyond the anime fandom Absolutely. As, as, as one of the standout genre classics. 
and as you described it just now with with this um yeah the characters and 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 how the show deals with with these subject matters um it sounded quite intriguing i must say and i was i i was never really into this you know in the in this into the the style and also like the animation style which is pretty distinct mm -hmm. and pretty pretty unique um and that, that was probably what put me off or what didn't make me go and check it out um but hearing like these um yeah the, hearing that there's there's so much more to it um uh, in 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 terms of uh writing um and and in terms of the story it 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 really sounds like something i could dig <laughs> yeah no uh, to be honest with you i came into it from an outside perspective as well i want to say it was maybe the second or third anime i actually watched the whole way through i i just kind of got into it more recently i'd seen one or two series that i thought were kind of cool uh one of them was death note which i'm sure you've also heard of and uh, I started reaching out to my friends for possible recommendations. This was the first one that came up and this was the first one that made me enthusiastic about mm -hmm. uh, pursuing and exploring anime. So uh, yeah, no, I would absolutely recommend it to anyone really who appreciates you know, war dramas, uh, psychological dramas, uh, as well as, you know, giant robots beating the fuck out of <laughs> <laughs> celestial entities. <laughs> All right. Um yeah let's let's have a look at the music because um dark arms reach skyward with bones bone white fingers is um I mean it's 44 minutes so so it's it's quite uh it's it's an average length I would say for <laughs> more prog um or more mainstream metal um um uh, albums of course y you're also coming from you you also have some influences from the um hardcore grindcore whatever scene <laughs> that is used to shorter songs and shorter albums um yeah f 15 songs is definitely first it looks like pretty massive like I'm I'm used to six, seven, eight songs usually per <laughs> album, and um, I think um, yeah, there's there's a lot of shorter songs on the album, but also um, one longer song, and um, I think it's pretty diverse uh, stylistically. So uh, where did you? Um, where did you get your influences from and how, how, how did you piece them together? <laughs> right, right. So um, I guess uh, musically speaking, the, the band that I discovered that sort of uh, got me to start, start thinking about how I wanted to put these songs together um, was Discordance Access. And I, I stumbled across them because they, they were also inspired uh, in writing the lyrics for one of the records uh, very much by, by Evangelion. Um, and they're, they're very technical, kind of spiraling, but, but also quite harmonically rich and, and gorgeous, I would say, uh, a, a grindcore band. Um, and they were my first kind of exposure into that realm I had never really 
earnestly explored grind before that, but I would now consider myself to be quite a fan. So definitely there was them. Uh, other projects by their lead singer, John Chang, um, such as Gridlink, which is, which is a really great grindcore band with kind of a progressive bent. Uh, I'm super into them too. Uh, I was also into a lot of technical death metal. Uh, I've always been a fan of uh, Fallujah's The Harvest Wombs. Um, I sort of fell in love with that record back around the time it came out and it, it, it started coming up more and more in my rotation again as I was writing these songs. And I guess that's where some of the more technical, dizzying, uh, progressive influence is, is coming in is, for, is from that side of things. I'm trying to think I had like a, a huge list of bands that um, that I, I was feeling influenced by when I when I put this thing out. Um, definitely ingested is another one. Um, I fell in love with them about a year ago, and uh, you might notice, you know, some some chunky bass heavy riffing on the record. Um, that that definitely came from me listening to them a lot. Um, a bit of Wormed too. I, I fell in love with Wormed about a year and a half ago. I really like their kind of mixture of brutal and technical riffs and some of that squawking mathcore action as well. Uh, those are kind of the first few names that come to mind. And uh, I seem to remember that not too long ago you also released a cover version of a song from Sludge. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was my uh, my fellow collaborator on that, Colin, who uh, who recommended that we do that song. Um, definitely Sludge are, are a great progressive death metal band, and I've enjoyed uh, quite a few of their records. Yeah, they, they also do another a new album this year, I think. Um, are they awesome yeah that's that's gonna be interesting because i i really enjoyed the last one and back when i explored that i might be two years ago now or something or two or three years ago that was when i was pretty new to these levels of extremity you know <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and uh now it's it's gonna be interesting for me how i uh absorb new material from them being a little bit more comfortable and a little more knowledgeable and a little bit more used to this level of brutality. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool because they are kind of a great band to 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 bring you along on that journey. You know, they've got that instrumentally, of course, they're quite heavy and aesthetically, you know, death metal is all over the place. But I want to say they're and from a songwriting perspective, all their songs are progressive metal songs. Yeah. You know? And uh, even that song we covered, uh, the chapter for transforming into a slug, looking at that song structurally, it's basically a pop song. You know, <laughs> you've got like three or four riffs. You got a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, chorus, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> that's basically your, your pop core standard right there. Um, but it's an incredibly heavy and fun song. So, yeah, you mentioned a lot of influences, and um, but there's also a few guest appearances on the album, and I think I, I saw that you 
about one of them, you posted that he's is one of your favorite um, death metal shouters or something like that. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. so who who's who's uh, who can we hear on the album apart from yourself? Yeah, yeah. So there's um, probably probably my favorite death metal vocalist, at least of the moment, uh, Jason Evans from Ingested, uh, one of the bands who inspired me a lot as I was writing the music for this thing. Um, he he started up an account on Featured X, which is a wonderful uh, little website where people who are interested can commission people from some of their favorite bands to do guest features. Um, I had seen them I in January of this year, just before things started getting locked down, uh, which was, uh, definitely a, a, a riveting experience and then I see him pop up on featured X and I'm like man I'd I'd, I'd be crazy not to ask this guy <laughs> so <laughs> I reached out to him through there um he's on the record he's on track two um and he he absolutely killed it really really took it to the next level there's also Duncan Bentley from Volvedinia uh another really fantastic death metal vocalist one of my favorites he's from uh the uh Sorry, yeah, he's from the South African band uh, Volvedinia and also the uh, the kind of wacky death metal project Zablag. Um, and uh, actually, he really destroyed... I actually, I, actually have, I actually have seen Volvedinia live uh, supporting a couple of other more technical death metal bands. I think it was... I think it was... Wait, wait a second, wait a second. If I can uh, piece it together... Um, It was a, it was a Canadian band. Mm. Uh, uh, co continue and 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 I will get back to you later. Which band I saw? Um, oh yeah, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, it was uh, track 13, Love is destructive. That uh, Duncan is on. Uh, I'd also say he basically made that song. Um, and then we've got some vocals from my friend Dare, who's based in uh, New York. She's kind of uh, an experimental electronic artist, really interesting production on all her songs. And she's got a really incredible voice. Um, we've been online friends for a couple of years now. Uh, I did a feature on one of her tracks earlier this year and uh, early last year, sorry. And uh, she sang on this song in an exchange. And uh, yeah, no, um, her chorus is one of my favorite parts on the record, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Was I, I'm pretty sure it must have been uh, Volvedunia uh, supporting Despised Icon. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Canadian deathcore staple right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then I, uh, uh, my connection with this Despised Icon is solely through the uh, guitar player Eric Jorin, which I, uh, uh, who I, who I uh, got to know with Heaven's Cry, his other prog metal band. And I saw Heaven's Cry play twice at... Uh, Proc Power Europe, and I'm a huge Heaven's Cry fan, so when I saw that he's he's gonna be in Munich with his other band, I said, hey, let's meet up, and uh, so that's how I got to see those bands I usually wouldn't go to see. <laughs> right, awesome. That's That sounds like a great show, though. Uh, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm shy to admit this, but I actually did not realize he was in Heaven's Cry as well. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I think he was. Uh, I mean, they had a lot, a long period uh, where they were kind of on a hiatus. Um, but when they came back, um, he also came back, and I think he was he was out of the band for for a while or something. Um, but yeah, they, especially the first two albums are are so unique. Um, awesome. So yeah, that that was that was cool. Um, yeah, to see the, this kind of yeah, also uh, slam slam death and 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 deathcore style, uh, which I wouldn't wouldn't go to usually to concerts like this uh, from this these kinds of bands, but it's it's great to 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 see what they're doing and um, yeah, the, the, it was it was a crazy night. They they absolutely killed it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No. Definitely great live energy there. Yeah, I think the third band, or maybe it was four bands, but I think the the co-headliner before Despised Icon, they were called Malevolence, maybe? Okay, yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, that was my, my foray into slam death and deathcore territory on the live front. <laughs> awesome. Um yeah, we we're uh, actually uh, already reaching the end of our uh, interview. But uh, as you might have heard at the beginning, I was mentioning uh, uh, something that is called "What's in Your Walkman," and that's our little section at the end where I ask my guests what what, what they've been uh, listening to lately. So I want to ask you, uh, what have you been listening to lately? Is there anything you want to recommend to our fans? Hey, sure. Awesome. So uh, I've been checking out a lot of new stuff that came out just sort of around New Year's. Uh, I'm a member of the Rate Your Music community. And um, funnily enough, Dark Arms is is currently sitting as number five album of 2021. Wow. <laughs> um, and a lot of people ended up listening to it just by virtue of it coming out on the first and showing up at the top of the charts. And I've been checking out the other stuff and there's a lot of really cool, wacky electronic music that uh, that came out at the start of the year that I've been checking out. I don't know if if that would fit your your listener base especially but um i, I always say we're, we're not the gatekeepers of prog here and i also always love to feature stuff that is not prog in the playlist that is accompanying our broadcast because i mean we had we had people recommend you know uh dua lipa or or the, uh, so, uh, th that kind of stuff so i'm i'm fine with anything actually because uh i think that's also a cool way to broaden our musical horizons right Hey, awesome. All right. Well, in that case, I will definitely shout out my my favorite of the year so far, which is Amidst Radiances by The Bread Scientists. It's a, it's a really clever kind of deft mixture of a lot of different styles of electronic music uh, to the point that it would be kind of pedantic for me to list them all. I'd say it's maybe a, a little glitchy glitch hoppy in the foreground uh, but there's a lot of rich melody in there too uh, a lot of great production uh, really fun kind of explorative and short little release uh, that I would definitely recommend for anyone even curious about electronic music um, in terms of other stuff I've been on a bit of a, a screamo slash uh, crest punk binge lately <laughs> okay I, uh, 
I really got into, um, I should have men mentioned them earlier, I was really into Alpinist, uh, who are a German band, now defunct, uh, unfortunately, um, who put out some really great crust records in the early 2010s slash late 2000s. Um, I got back into them recently and ended up stumbling across uh, The Devil Shining Out Your Eyes from Islet. That's a great Screamo record from 2020. Um, also very much enjoying uh, Part Ache by Jungbluth. They're, um, half the members were, were originally from Alpinist, that, that earlier band that I mentioned. They're super awesome. Uh, I also just kind of fell in love with Alexis on Fire's debut album, which is a, a ton of fun if you're into that post-hardcore type stuff. There's finally uh, finally a name I know or I've, I've yeah. heard about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, let's, oh yeah, definitely going to recommend uh, I Let It In and It Took Everything from Love. That's uh, that's a great record that came out last year that I, uh, for some reason, didn't give the time of day until quite recently. Super awesome stuff. Oh, and one more. Why not? Uh, Cathodos from Serpent Column. Uh, my favorite album of 2020, really fantastic, progressive, daring uh, black metal on that thing uh, with some super nasty production to boot, which uh, which I actually really enjoy in the context of, of the yeah, release. I, I actually checked it out on Colin's behalf and, and he was, and, and it was like, OK, well, this is this is super dissonant stuff. And and I didn't make it through the 20, 20 minute EP, to be honest, uh, but oh, I that but, was something that, that is, is something. quite that is savage stuff there and uh, i can appreciate the level of uh, complexity and and masterful uh, production or or, or what, what they've done i can definitely um acknowledge the quality but it's it's not for me i have to say <laughs> hey that's very fair you know like and, i mean and with loathe um, with loathe i i saw them two times in 2019 um, second time was at the Summer Breeze Festival, a uh, big open air festival here in southern Germany. And I also uh, got to interview them, really cool guys and, and massive energetic live show and, and really unique um, style musically, I find. Uh, but I mm -hmm. didn't uh, find a way to um, crack... Uh, I let it in and it took everything to their new album. I didn't uh, connect with it somehow, but I also I, do, do appreciate them a lot. And I know that they're like they're doing something really unique in their own style and pushing boundaries there. So I so I definitely appreciate their um, presence in the scene. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I also have uh, three little recommendations for today. Um, starting off with a new album that's uh, gonna be out. Uh, give me a second. It's gonna be out on February nineteenth from a new music project called Twinna T V I double N A, and um, it's um, they're described their style as uh, ritual progressive electronica dark pop, and it definitely got a lot of. Uh, um nordic folk influences as some of the members are also um from the band faun 
and um, on one of the songs, one of the singles that is already out, they have uh, guest vocals by Ivor. Um, that's a, a, a great, uh, interesting and dark uh, affair there that I just uh, listened to for the first time yesterday. Um, some really interesting stuff there. And um, second one would be a returning uh, favorite of mine, uh, from 2019, I um, just listened again today to um, Soledad a Solo Project's um, uh, Catharsis. And so I want to put the song Rotting into the playlist because I think it's uh, a cool addition. And one song from an, a, a release that came out in the second half of last year and the proc space has been involved a little bit in the release of this live EP from ELO or ILO as we want to call them um, the EP in stasis and the last song replica is the new song and it just keeps popping up in my head so I will I'm I'm going back to that quite a lot those would be my three in entries to the playlist today um, April, I'm uh, going to ask you to, to send me all your recommendations again in text message so I can add them to the playlist. And also, and, and, and also um, yes, your uh, kind of maybe personal best of uh, from your own um, releases so people can get an overview of your styles and of your releases. And also maybe a couple of your favorites from the new album. If there's Absolutely. if if it's a if it's a song that's under two minutes, you, you, we we can feature three or four. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Usually we have the problem that, uh, yeah, if, if if we have like a couple of seven, eight, nine, ten minute songs and a twenty minute epic, the playlist gets out of hand and way too long quickly <laughs> yeah definitely no I'll, I'll send you a couple of my favorite shorter ones there's definitely the 11 minute track but uh i feel like people can discover that one for their own all right cool uh thanks for the great talk uh, all the best uh with um with with your yeah with the release i mean that that, that was well, uh, one last question was, was it actually the, like did you anticipate like the the um advantage of dropping the album on january 1st uh as you just said that people just checked it out because it was the, somehow the first release of the year and, and <laughs> you know that that actually did turn out to be a little bit of an advantage and it, i i had i had it had occurred to me that it it might provide a bit of an advantage but honestly the reason i selected that release date was because that was the time by which I figured I could comfortably have CDs sent out. <laughs> okay. uh, just given, you know, the the amount of time it takes for everything. And I did a little crowdfunding for the uh, CD pressing that I wanted to make sure I had time to roll out. Yeah, so right. uh, it ended up being a mix of convenience and a hunch. And uh, <laughs> I'm super glad that it paid off. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, take care of over there. Um... To our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. The Progcast is a production of Stuus Media and is presented by The Prog Space. 
It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant, and Van Kirsch does our graphics. New episodes of the podcast drop every Monday and Thursday. And don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite new releases from that week. For more interviews and reviews in the written form, check out theprogspace.com.